Hey everybody, this is Ryan Smith, pastor at Common Thread Church. Welcome to the Threadcast. This is this week's version uh, of us talking through Romans. And uh, this past Sunday was our serve Sunday, so we didn't get to actually talk together about our subject. And I am subbing all week at a high school um, for a teacher that caught COVID. And so my weekly rhythms are a little off, and I am a day behind in getting this podcast out. I'm actually sitting in a classroom right now, in between classes, getting this podcast done. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, we are going to, you know, we're reading Romans backwards. Um, we're kind of studying it backwards. And so um, we're in Romans 16 today, and actually we are not going to cover all of 16 at all. Um, we're just looking at the first few verses, uh, actually verse 1 and 2, because there's so much in this verse that I want us to talk through. Um, we will probably skip the rest of 16, though there's a ton in there. So I might actually, I've been thinking about doing an extra uh, podcast just to cover the rest of 16, but um, we're going to just to stay on time and get us through the schedule. We're going to have to skip a little bit here and there, um, which is a bummer because there's a lot of good stuff in here. But 16 1 through 2 is a is about a woman named Phoebe. And this is going to get us into our conversation. Remember, through Romans, we're talking about this idea of power and privilege being replaced by Christ's peace. Okay. And we've we talked about, you know, how that is done in racial situations. And and today we want to talk about gender. Um, and that's a hot topic for some. For some of you guys who have grown up in churches where gender roles are not um, not a big deal, some of you have grown up in churches where where women um, didn't do anything in the church. You know, um, and there's 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 both extremes and there's you know in between, right? And you've heard maybe if you've been a part of this conversation, there's a word called egalitarian and complementarian, and that's those are basically two big church words on how to view women's roles uh, in the church, in the home, um, and, and all those types of things. And so, um, and if you've been a part of the discussion, um, there's has been this this concept out there that Paul, who is the writer of um, of Romans, um, is famous for being against women. Right? Um, there's a lot of people out there who who women uh, who want women's roles in the church, and they don't like Paul. They don't like the things he said. Hopefully today I give you some new things to think through on that um, because I think Paul has been misrepresented. Um, and, and how we've interpreted some roles. Now that doesn't mean it's not it's going to fix everything, but I, I do want to kind of present a few things to you today, specifically with Phoebe, to get you thinking down this role of how women are to be used in the church, how God intends to use them, and and, and more importantly, Paul's version of it. And so there are some verses later on in, in Romans that we'll get to and we'll talk about um, that Paul addresses this, but I want to specifically talk about Phoebe. First off, so women in the early church, um, we get, um, and when we talk about early church, we're talking, you know, after the Gospels, when Acts begins, you know, the first hundred years or so of, of the church growing, these house churches in different places, um, we see in Acts, we see in some of the letters of Paul and some later on, we, and then some other historians that we read that aren't in the Bible, we, we find out that women in the early church arise, they rise out of households and out, out, basically out of function as leaders in that form. But they're not just providing hospitality, but they're creating sacred space wherein they function as leaders and teachers and missionary apostles and benefactors. And Phoebe fits this theme um, that we're going to expand it here in a second. But I want you to hear this. You know, for us to talk about women today and for them to have roles like that, it's not too abnormal. But we need to understand 2,000 years ago, to have women as leaders like this, this 
this was um, um, on the cusp. This was this was this was God doing something that that other people, other churches, other uh, even um, governments were not doing. Now we have instances where there are few women who would serve, and they were abnormalities. Um, you know, they were they were anomalies. They were unicorns in in the in the world back then. And so for, for God to have this, this concept of, of women beginning to take on these leaderships was huge. Um, so in Romans, we, we start, the passage we're looking at is Romans 16, one through two. And let me read it to you. It says, I, Paul, or I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant or deacon, we'll talk about it here in a second, of the church in Sincrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. Okay, um, so we start off, why Phoebe? Why do we have Phoebe here? And we, we first see that she's a sister. Now, this is a term Paul uses elsewhere for women in Christ. But she's also a Gentile convert sister. And so this Phoebe actually means titaness, uh, titaness, you know. Um, and this indicates that she was converted to Christ from a pagan background um, because no self-respecting Jewish family would ever name their daughter after a pagan god or goddess. And so this is, this is interesting that she's, she's called a sister because Paul's favorite metaphor for Christians is that they are siblings, Siblings in a family are marked by love, by harmony, by forgiveness of one another, by also by order and even hierarchy. Now I'm reading this. Uh, I'm reading this part from from the writer of our book that's helping us. He says, if the metaphor sister means anything, it means a new social reality is at work among the house churches throughout the Roman Empire. For in that world, one's identity was one's status, and one's status was determined most by one's family, one's connections or, or patrons, one's wealth, one's success in military expedition, or one's sheer ambition to climb up the, the pervasively present cursus honorum or the social path to public honor. I just had a student walk in, <laughs> so I paused for a second. So the path to glory the cursus honorum was as invisible as it was influential in society. But for Paul, redemption in Christ obliterates the quest for special public honors, and in their place he concentrates on siblingship. With the term sister, Paul creates a new society of siblings, one designed to obliterate privilege and power as the ancients knew it. Now, here's three facts that we get from this, um, this verse about, um, about Phoebe, okay? First, she's a deacon of the Church of Sincrea. Now, in some of your translations, it will read servant, but the word there is this word called diakonon uh, in the Greek, and it's, you, can, you can translate this as deacon or as servant, and then some people it's even fine to translate as deaconess, but um, I'm going to suggest not to. And the reason why is because in many of our worlds, a deaconess is a woman who cleans up after communion services or the wife of a deacon. Thus, the term suggests for many a, a lesser service, if you will. In this text, the word means deacon. She's a 
deacon. We cannot be sure here what Paul means by deacon in this context, and you can go and look at other verses to, to reference um, other deacon, you know, the concept of deacon. It could refer to being a word servant or someone who teaches the Bible, but it also, may, it also describes a leadership role. Now, there is an emerging consensus that by this time, the word diakonos, uh, the word for deacon here, has acquired some sort of more formal sense of leadership. And so she's not merely a servant, like some translations have given, nor a deaconess, um, because this term here, and this is getting maybe a little too deep in the Greek for you, this term is actually written in the same masculine form used elsewhere in the New Testament. So when it refers to the word, when the word diakonos is used as deacon to talk about men being leaders, this same word is used here. And so um, we get that, that she is a deacon. Um, it also connects um, Phoebe's deaconship, if you will, with the Church of Sincrea, which this seems to mean that she has a, a more official role of being a deacon at that specific church, which means she is marked by Christian character and has the gifts of leadership. Second, that we learn about Phoebe, that she is traveling to Rome and it seems she is the letter carrier for the letter to Romans. Now, you can look at Philippians 2, 25 through 30, or Colossians 4, 7 through 9. You can see where the language they use here um, suggests or, or says that they are the letter carrier. Now, let me, let, me, let me kind of, why is this important? The Apostle Paul, he's one of the most influential thinkers in the history of the Christian world. And most influential among his writings is the letter to the Romans. So he's often claimed as a patriarchal male, but he asks a wealthy, influential female, female named Phoebe not only to deliver his prized letter, but also to read it to each of the five or six house churches in Rome. Letters in Paul's world were the embodied, inscripted presence of the letter writer. So in this case, Paul. And he chooses a woman to embody his letter, which means the face of Paul is experienced as the face of Phoebe. Before anyone hears the letter, they encounter the body of Phoebe in their midst. So what you need to understand is that um, back then, if you were the letter carrier, um, if you were the letter carrier, um, you were also a lot of times... Um, the the reader of the letter, right? So more needs to be said about the reading of this letter. And um, this is from the book, this is some of the book that we're, we're using to help guide us through this. Um, it says, the courier Phoebe performed this letter. And it says that I assume to each house church, but it's possible that she only read it once. The issue, as we all see below, is if the second person greetings of 16, 3 through 16 implied letter was sent only to one house church. Okay, so... Writers like Paul, they didn't just um, hand letters over to schmucks to stumble their way through the letters. He and his co-workers, they mentored the readers so that they could read the letters in a way that made Paul seem present and his lived theology compelling. So how was such a letter read? Um, the standard elements of reading as performance included like gestures at the right time and to the right segment of the audience. So when Phoebe read strong or weak, she looked them in the eye, or if she thought they needed it, the opposing group in the eye. So there's inflection of the voice, 
her pastoral there, admonishing her, softening and there, exhorting things, acting out specific elements of the letter, pausing and speeding up when needed, making eye contact at crucial moments, and maybe having ad-libbed if she thought the audience needed it. So how to read the letter would have been discussed by Paul, as well as Timothy, Tertius, and Gaius that we find in 16, 21 through 22. So she no doubt practiced in their presence, uh, Paul and these guys. So some, some people think that she may have even had the whole letter memorized and performed it um, from memory. Now, I do want to stop and say here, there is little doubt that, that Phoebe was the letter carrier. Um, but there is doubt. There's some d- debate, some. There's, there's a good amount of debate. Not all letter carriers were also the readers or the givers of the letter. We have examples in, in the book, uh, in the Bible, where this is true. Um, and so there is, I, I want to I be honest here and say there is some disagreement on whether she was the actual reader. However, it remains the case that Phoebe was known to Paul that she had a role of church leadership and was entrusted by Paul with a key letter on which the next phase of his ministry depended. So the phrasing of Romans 16, 1-3 makes it clear she fulfilled the usual role of letter carrier, and as such, she would have had an important role in answering questions and in ensuring that the letter was understood correctly. So a better phrase might be an authoritative interpreter. In both his paper and his blog comments, this guy named Peter Head confirms his support of this perspective, and he's just a big theologian um, that, that says this. Um, but given the challenge of public reading from a text, which is likely would have had very little help for readers, such as space between words or paragraphs and so on, the letter carrier would probably have functioned as coach to the lector. Um, so, so even if she wasn't the reader, she would have helped the reader know how to say things or what to, to mean. And, and so she, at the very least, um, was very influential in how people understood this letter of Romans. So third thing that we learn about her, and most importantly perhaps, is that she is the benefactor. Uh, a prostatus um, is the Greek word here. Um, we find it in 16.2. But what, what might this mean? Um, the term could mean president, but in 16.2 it clarifies the meaning to be a benefactor. It means someone with resources that benefit Paul, that benefits Paul and others. So it's almost certainly also suggests that she has the resources for some kind of household provision. Provision. She had the resources for some type of financial support. She may have added even some political clout. Um, and so she was someone of influence. So then, if Phoebe is a deacon, Paul's benefactor, and he trusted her to take this very important letter to the Romans then we have to believe that Phoebe must have been a woman of great abilities, of good character in Paul's, and a, and a good character in Paul's mind. I think you'd have to agree with that, right? So, I want us to kind of think through this a little bit. So if the Romans, the ones who received this letter, had any questions about this letter, like, what is the righteousness of God? Or who is this wretched man about halfway through? You know, as they're reading this letter... Who do you think would have been the first person that they would ask? I would suggest that it could be the first person to publicly read and teach about from Romans that it was a woman. So, what does that tell you about women 
and teaching roles in the early church, and more specifically, how Paul saw them. Here's another question I want you to kind of think about. This letter that we're reading, some of you guys are brand new to this, but this letter called Romans is Paul's letter to unify the Roman churches, all the house churches, and to prevent a potentially fractious cluster of ethnically mixed house churches from ending up like, a, like in a group in Galatia where there were painful divisions over law and, and oral interpretation and, and exactly how to obey the law. Like, like Paul's already experienced house churches splitting already, and he's trying to keep, uh, there's you know at least five house churches in Rome. He's trying to keep this from happening. So this is Paul's effort to return to Jerusalem with all of the Gentile churches behind him. Um, This is Paul's one chance to raise support from the Roman churches for a mission to Spain. He he wants to go to Spain. So this is Paul's gambit to answer rumors about his ministry, whether he's either anti-law or anti-Israel, right? This is Romans, his greatest letter essay ever, the most influential letter in the history of Western thought. And the singularly greatest piece of Christian theology. Now, if Paul was so opposed to women teaching men anytime and anywhere, why on earth would he send a woman like Phoebe to deliver this vitally important letter and to be his personal representative in Rome? Why not Timothy? Why not Titus or some other dude? Why Phoebe? Now, This is not the end-all, be-all of debates about women in ministry. There are other texts, contexts, and interpretations that we have to deal with. And this text won't answer questions for us about who to ordain, or or those are going to have to be answered elsewhere. But taken at face value, Paul evidently had no problem with women having some kind of speaking and teaching role in the churches. I think Paul's commendation of Phoebe and her role as letter carrier to the Romans shows that much. What is more, we should be challenged to commend women like Phoebe today. Peter also, um, here's some, one other, not Peter, Paul, one other fascinating observation about um, Paul's addressing of Phoebe's role. The language in, in Romans 16, 1-2, it has the clearest um, cluster of recommendatory, recommendatory, lang- recommended, recommendatory, recommended language in any of Paul's letters. So in turn, we can see that the welcome and reception of Phoebe resonates with a key theme that we find, that we're going to find in the body of the letter, the need for the Christians in Rome to welcome one another, one another, to become one, to invite them into their homes, to invite them into their lives. So Phoebe, just by her presence, in effect, embodies the message of the letter. In addressing the Christians in Rome as one, Paul is by a speech act constituting, constituting them as church. And in their response to Phoebe, giving them the chance to act out his invitation to live in unity in Christ or to live in peace, to replace the power and privilege that they've experienced through the Roman Empire and the culture that they live in, and to replace it with a sense of unity and peace. So in my mind, all this makes it very difficult, if not impossible, 
to imagine this same Paul as someone who did not allow women to teach or exercise authority. Uh, which in turn makes it all that more important to pay attention to what Paul is actually saying in 1 Timothy 2 through 12, or 2.12, when it talks about that. You know, it's the one that's brought up where women are remain silent. So there's another, we have to look at that in another way and see what is actually going on there. And that's for another discussion at another time. But today we close with this, this little section on Phoebe. And so I want to challenge you to think through this, you know, where, whatever it means for you and how you've approached this subject before. What do we do with it? What is our so what? Um, I just want you to kind of let this marinate sink in and let it challenge you maybe to, A, um, how, how do you see women's roles in the church? How have you experienced it? And, and is this discussion on Phoebe, does it change that? Does it enhance it? Does it um give you something more or is it is it something you you push back from right um because if you go out there and you search you're going to find other commentaries that have different conversations about this verse to be honest um but i but i do think that, that it's something that we can't ignore that she was somebody who had influence in the church and i, I think it's also going to resonate that it, it sinks up in line with our discussion about replacing power and privilege with peace that when Paul addresses that concept, he's not just doing it with um, socioeconomic, he's not just doing it with race, but there's also this sense that he is saying that there is no male or female, that we are all one in Christ. So what does that look like for us as a church? How do we live that out? How do we proclaim that? How do we honor those that maybe disagree with that? Um, Because I think that we're still called to do that as well. We're going to find that in Romans as well. So just some words to think on. Um, We'll uh, have some discussion in workplace as we move forward with this. um, And I hope it gives you something to chew on this week. Hope you have a great day. Grace and peace. Peace.